What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Then and Now Sports Podcast. James and Nick back here with another episode coming off of a very competitive Super Bowl, to say the least. How you feeling about it, Nick? Feeling horrible. The Chiefs won. What? Oh, man. <laughs> what, what, what else is supposed to be my reaction? Like, I don't know what to say. I'm just in shock. Do you think? In awe. Do you think this hurts the Raiders' chance of winning the Super Bowl? Next year? Or, or no, from this oh, this year. Oh, I, I I don't know. I, I we're gonna have to see how the outlook is for the next few games. You know, um, how how the XFL season is looking. That's a that's a big part of it. <laughs> well, I would love to sidetrack into the XFL, but we had a really big Super Bowl. Like I said, it wasn't you know it wasn't what we've been seeing from like those the Patriots Eagles uh, Patriots Falcons it wasn't crazy to that extent but it was a very solid competitive game in my opinion so let's start with the champs how did you think about the Chiefs performance because they're down 2010 with nine minutes left in the fourth quarter it seemed like they were dead in the they were dead but they fight back and win the Super Bowl so what did you think about how they played well, that's that's the thing with this Chiefs team. Um, they're they're never dead. Like, we we saw it in um their very first game of the playoffs against the Texans. Um, they were down twenty four nothing, and they can just score points like like nothing. And uh, when I was watching this game, I definitely didn't count them out. Even at the latest point, they were down by ten, and I I knew there was always a chance that Mahomes could get things going and things started clicking and when this team is on they are the most dangerous offense in the NFL and one of the most dangerous offenses in NFL history really so yeah I don't think anything about this game was particularly shocking but you know like you said it was a competitive matchup so it's not really shocking because we've seen the Chiefs play this year, but like this stat I'm looking at is shocking. The fact that they finished the season 5-0 and when trailing by 10-plus points. Now, I know what we're dealing with. We're dealing with the most high-powered offense in the NFL. Mahomes, Tyreek, Kelsey, you know, they're never out of it, ever. But that's ridiculous to be able to... Like, they're the Golden State Warriors of the NFL. The fact that they will never be out of a game, you really have to put them away. And I feel like that's what the Niners tried to do late. We'll get into that a little bit more later because there's a lot to talk about with how the Niners finished and how they collapsed down the stretch. But this Chiefs team, man, was outstanding for the entire year, 12-4. and They went through a tough patch with, early in the season remember that Sunday night game they lose to the Colts and people are like well you know that's a little strange you know it's no Andrew Luck you know how are you not taking care of this team then they lose to the Texans that's back-to-back losses but after that they just went on a pretty insane stretch even losing Mahomes and still finishing the games that Mahomes was out they go two and one and the time that he was out so it's just a testament to Andy Reid and how he coached them up. And let's talk about him a little bit. Andy Reid's been one of the best coaches in the league for forever now. And the one thing that people always brought up with him, well, you know, he doesn't have the Super Bowl ring, which is, I, in my opinion, it's very unfair. But what do you think 
is the difference between Andy Reid now and I don't want to say when he started with the Eagles because that's going too far back, but how about when he started with the Chiefs and, you know, he's coming in with Alex Smith. That 2013 Chiefs was a fresh team, kind of. They came off a really bad season, but they got Alex Smith and Andy Reid. So what do you think the difference between him then and now is? Well, I think a big difference is the amount of freedom you have with a guy like Patrick Mahomes. I mean, like, you have a guy who can make every throw, who's very athletic, he can make plays outside of the pocket. It really opens up like the ideas that Andy Reid has because when you have a QB like Alex Smith, who is a very competent QB at his peak, it, it just doesn't compare to the amount of talent Patrick Mahomes has. And when you have someone who can channel that talent properly, you're going to get a, a Super Bowl caliber QB and a Super Bowl caliber QB. I mean, and a Super Bowl caliber caliber team. So, yeah. That's that's why I think the difference is. Well, this is a minor, minor, but maybe a huge difference. I think he's also improved and he's learned for, you know, he used to another thing he'd be criticized for is time management. And something I really liked about the Chiefs this year is they usually won the time of possession battle. And that maybe that doesn't surprise people because of how good the offense is. But their offense is kind of a quick attack kind of offense, but they kind of you know, made some adjustments this year and were able to build off a solid running game. And let's talk maybe a little bit how they did that. Damian Williams goes for 104 yards rushing on the ground. Now, 38 of those yards came on that last run, which he kind of just stopped, uh, walked into the end zone to seal the deal. But I thought he ran the ball well. Mahomes is a guy who can is pretty effective running the ball. He's not going to be like Lamar Jackson rushing for 100 yards a game, but he's going to be able to get big first downs. And I think something that I've noticed in Andy Reid is the fact that he's more trusting and just, you know, running the ball, eating up some clock. And that's they won the time possession battle in this game, not by that much, but, you know, they still controlled the ball, especially in that fourth quarter, to their advantage. So let's talk about the MVP situation. A lot of d- debate over this because Mahomes wasn't really himself for the first can we say for the first three quarters? I mean, he. I think he started off hot. That first drive going down the field, he was pretty pretty solid in that drive. But finishing the, the that's he went through a really tough cold stretch and saves the team in the end in the fourth quarter. But a lot of people thought Damian Williams. He had two total touchdowns. He had a hundred and thirty three yards from scrimmage. So people thought that maybe he should have been MVP. What do you think? Um, I, I agree with that. I think Damian Williams should have been MVP. Um, I think you should give MVP to the best player in, in the game. And, you know, that, that gets, that creates situations like, um, the Malcolm Smith situation. I forgot the Super Bowl number off the top of my head, but when he won Super Bowl MVP, a lot of people were outraged about that, but I much rather prefer that to just giving it to the QB every time. I think, you know, we, we've we seen some QB-centric decisions by um the league over the past few weeks. And for the sake of not getting derailed, I won't bring them up. But yeah, I think, I think it's good to spotlight those other positions and how much they mean to the course of the game. And I think Damian Williams, over the course of the game, 
had the most impact out of any player. They he kept them alive in this game. I'm gonna disagree with you there. Cause I do think Mahomes had a rough game. I don't think it was perfect by any stretch. And I actually agree with you that the league is a little too QB centric and they'll rush to give the quarterback the award before they'll try to give anyone else the award. But when you look at the difference of this game, right? It's 2010 in the fourth quarter. As of right now, nobody on the Chiefs is winning Super Bowl MVP, including Damian Williams. Now, in those two drives, you get the ball back with nine minutes, and I feel like the thought process is we need to play perfect football or we are not winning this game. And I think they played perfect football, and I think most of that was led by Mahomes. I thought he was perfect on... I'll say the second drive where they took the lead. I thought he was great on that drive. But the drive before that, how about that huge completion to Tyreek Hill to, on third and 15? Now, if they miss that one, I think the game's effectively almost over. Because, well, I mean, I'm sure they're going for fourth for it on fourth down if it gets to that. But that's a huge play. You have to convert that third and 15. And Mahomes made the big... I think that was the biggest play of the game. And Mahomes made that. Tyreek got open, so Mahomes found him. And then he goes down the field the next time after a three and out, and they take the lead. And I think he was the biggest part in leading and spearheading the comeback. So I think in that sense, you have to give him the MVP because of that. I mean, it's a fair argument. I'm not necessarily like, I'm not like fuming over here that Patrick Mahomes won Super Bowl MVP. I just think there's easily as much of a case for Damian Williams. And yeah. I think I would have felt the same way to be if Damian Williams won MVP. I don't know if I would have been banging the table for Mahomes to win MVP. I might have been, but I I could see the argument for wanting to give Damian Williams. He had two touchdowns in this game, so that's the same amount as Mahomes. And you could argue, well, Mahomes put them in the hole with that interception. That interception to Fred Warner, that was, I think, that was a rough pass. And I think Troy Aikman kind of showed that, like, Tyreek was trying to work back to the the quarterback and Mahomes kind of just went too quickly and just found Warner instead of Tyreek but it was you know he was having a rough game up until this point. and I mean he was playing the the best defense in football this year so like it's not like this is this is something that's that was out of the realm of possibility it's just absolutely inexcusable that he threw two picks now let's transition that now you know, the 49ers' best defense in the league. But how about the other defense, the Chiefs' defense? You know, when you get to nine minutes in the fourth quarter, not only does your offense have to play perfect football, but your defense has to play perfect football. And that's exactly what the Chiefs did. And, you know, we'll get into the more about the decision-making of Kyle Shanahan a little bit, but just how about we give a shout-out to the Chiefs' defense who – you know, it's always been criticized. I, I think more people realized, you know, this year that they were a well improved. Yeah, unit. down the stretch, there there was a lot more hype surrounding this defense because, yeah, down the stretch they were actually a really solid defense. But you know, we came into the year with this preconceived notion that they they were a trash defense just like last year, and that just wasn't the case as the season progressed. They got better, and that's what you need to do to. To win Super Bowl, so hats off. And I just, I think they were just flat out clutch in the fourth quarter. The defense, I I mean, the team in general was clutch. But you know, we gotta give credit. We're gonna give Mahomes a bunch of credit, and we we gotta give the defense credit as well. So I guess now let's hit the flip side. 
with the San Francisco 49ers who had an incredible year. I think for most of the season, they were the best team in football. And, you know, they're nine minutes away from finishing the season as the best team in football. But what do you think was the difference in... I mean, we don't have to get to how they blew the lead. Do you think there's anything they could have done earlier in the game that could have, you know, cushioned the lead? Or or do you think it just all came down to the fourth quarter? Yeah, I, I think it came down to the fourth quarter. I can't see, like... I'm thinking back on this game because this is a very on-the-spot question. Um, I'm looking back in this game, and I can't really see anything that they could do particularly better than they did. I think... You know, Jimmy G didn't didn't throw a lot, but when they did throw, he was efficient for most of the game. For most of the game, he was very efficient. He did what he needed to do. They they still stuck with their identity. It took them a little while to find it um, going into the game, but they, they really um, established the run and, you know, established their identity in the game. And yeah, I, I think they performed really great until the fourth quarter. And... Even when I think about the fourth quarter, I think about the Chiefs' offense more than the 49ers' defense because the 49ers' defense did such a great job throughout the game to that point, and it's so hard to keep them contained. So, yeah, I, I really can't think of anything they could have done early on in the game. Later in the game, there was definitely a lot to be improved on the offensive side of the ball, but that's all I'll say for now. Well... So they start off the game with a three and out, which is shocking. The Chiefs offense goes three and out in the first possession. I don't think a lot of people expected that. As good as the Niners defense has been, they came out playing well. Chiefs go for a touchdown on the next drive. But let's I'm going to read out the drives from the second and third quarter, right? So Jimmy G throws that pick late in the first, right? And gives the Chiefs back the ball. They get held to a field goal when, you know, they could have went up 14 to 3 there and then that's really tough to bounce back from. So they hold him to a field goal, then they go right down the field 80 yards in under 5 minutes, tie up the game, make the Chiefs punt. Then we'll we'll go back we'll go backwards after this to talk about the end of the half situation. But yeah, the Niners they run out the clock to finish the first half. Then they start off the second half with a field goal, pick off Mahomes. That was the Fred Warner interception. Then they score a touchdown off that, and then they get another interception. So for most of this game, they were really the better team. And it's crazy how you can outplay a team for two quarters and then play pretty much even with them for the for the other quarter and still lose a game. But let's backtrack a little bit. The end of the first half, they have an opportunity to get the ball back with about a minute 40 a minute 50 if they just use one of their three timeouts but they don't they let the Chiefs run it down to about a minute 10 and they don't really throw the ball that much so they kind of run the ball until it's third down the Chiefs call timeout then they get a I think it was like an angle play to I think it was Jeff Wilson who made a nice play and got like 15 yards on the field which gave him an opportunity which led to the George Kittle pass interference which Let's debate that a little bit. Did you think that was pass interference? Uh, when I saw it at first, I thought it was a good call. But then something something made me get iffy. Like I'm still inclined to believe it's a good call because it's clearly a push off. 
But when I saw that side by side with the Kyle Rudolph play, uh, like after the game, I was I that definitely brought up mixed emotions on it. I think I think there are distinct differences between the two plays, but they just look so similar, and the line is so blurred still on what pass interference is. I can't help but have mixed feelings about it. But I'll, I'll stick with my initial impression that it was a good call. Well, a lot of the football players, so Troy Aikman, I think, I want to say Shannon Sharp, and maybe even Deion Sanders, I don't want to put words in their mouth, but I think that's who I heard say this. A lot of them shared this sentiment of, hey, if you extend your arm, it's a pass interference. If you're an offensive player and you fully extend your arm and push a guy, it's automatically pass interference every time. So, yeah, of course, the Kyle Rudolph was another situation where they maybe they should have called that, maybe not. But, yeah, I don't think it was a call to go too crazy over. I, I, maybe I wouldn't have called it, but I'm not really going to bash the officials for calling it. it. It was, you know, he extends his arm. He pushes off. You could see the push off. So it makes sense in that uh, respect. But so what do you think about the Niners not being aggressive? And one thing I just want to say real quick, it's really crazy how – Shanahan is getting criticized for being both conservative and aggressive in the that. same game. It's crazy. Like it, there's two different criticisms, and it's both at the same person. And obviously, he's kind of brought it on himself. I mean, he was conservative to end the first half, and he might have been overly aggressive to end the the game. So let's start with the first half. What did you think about you know the idea of not giving the Chiefs the ball back and just being content with a ten ten tie into the half? I think you wanted to minimize the amount of possessions the Chiefs got in this game. I think I, I definitely see the viewpoint in this. I, I, I'm not I'm more critical of the end game stuff than than the end of the first half. I think I can understand his mindset and I can understand what actually I can understand his mindset for the end of the game too, but I just find this more reasonable. Like, okay, you're going in ten ten. Your defense is doing a good job of containing Mahomes. Why risk them gaining momentum to end the half, get a lead at the half, and you go in with a 10-10 tie, and you have a chance to, you know, establish... Throughout the second quarter, they were establishing the run. They were doing a pretty good job at, you know, building building that run game throughout the second quarter, and I think they felt comfortable with that. And into the third quarter, um, they continued doing that, and I think it worked out for the most part. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal to me. For, for the end of the first half. I definitely agree with you there. Um, you do not want to give this Kansas City team the ball back. It, uh, you want to minimize their possessions. You said it perfectly. Like They should not be getting the ball. Uh, I mean, you got to limit your turnovers. You got to eat up clock with the run game, which I guess we'll get into that right now. Is it crazy that the Chiefs ran the ball more times than the 49ers? And they did. The Chiefs ran the ball 29 times. The Niners ran it 22 times. I think that's insane. When you compare the identity of these two teams, the Niners all season based off the running game. And the Chiefs have been based off their passing attack. And in this game, the Chiefs outran the. Well, actually, the Niners had more rushing yards, but the Chiefs ran the ball more times. And I guess you could throw in they. I think they had three kneel downs at the end. So and then the three by uh the three rushes by Damian Williams to close it out. So maybe you take away those. It's a lot closer. But it is you know I still think twenty two is not the what is expected of this Niners team. What did you think about uh 
that kind of side by side comparison. So you're you're talking about the end of the game, how they decided to approach that. I'm just talking about like in general about how Kansas City ran the ball more than San Francisco. Well, like, well, when we're talking about that, the, during the first half and into the third quarter, the the Forty ers were actually running a lot. So I don't see mm-hmm. I don't see a problem. Like most of their passing came towards the end of the game. Um. Jimmy G, um, I forgot how many pass attempts. Yeah, twenty nine. Pa- I mean, he threw. Th- he had thirty one, but I mean, thirty one still is a lot. Like, it's, yeah, and he had I mean, eleven they, in the fourth they, quarter. That's that's a lot. That's that's like a third of his his passes. I mean, he went into the the NFC Championship. I know it's an unfair comparison because it was a blowout, but I mean, he what he throw a ball eight times in that game. But like that's that's different. Like they they controlled. It is. They controlled he, at that, that point, he was at twenty one. I think the mindset so. they had with passing a lot was. Okay, this Kansas City team is get, particularly towards the end of the game. This Kansas City team is very dangerous. We don't want them in range of us, so we're going to be very aggressive and we're going to put this game out right now. That's probably the mindset, and I can't. I, I don't even want to bring this up because it's just in poor taste. But like, you you have to think like maybe he was thinking about the previous Super Bowl and how he was too conservative. I a, a coach of his caliber, I he probably wasn't thinking about that. He was probably genuinely just going with the game plan he set up and he wanted to put this game away at the point he felt was right. But yeah, I think he was aggressive because he wanted, he didn't want the Chiefs in range. He knew how explosive this offense was. They just couldn't execute on the offensive side of the ball when, when that, when that part of the game plan came, came into effect. Another idea, so we're fully into the, the fourth quarter now when they ran, the, you said they threw the ball 11 times. How many did he complete, by the way? Because it wasn't, it was a pretty rough performance. Three. From Jimmy. So it was like three for 11 in the fourth quarter, right? Yep. And an int. Don't forget the int. Yeah. Yeah. He th- throws an interception too. That was right after. Well, when was that? Uh, oh, yeah. Never mind. I'm thinking of something else. But so I think. I don't want to get in, like, just make up thoughts for him. But if I was in that situation, you're up 2010 with nine minutes left. Or I think before it was like 11 minutes left when they had the ball. What if we go up 27 10 right here? If you put yeah, the, no, that's what I'm saying. a three possession game, it's over. Yeah, exactly. Like, this that's game is over. So I feel like that is, he maybe he expected his defense would be a little worn down towards the end, and that's where Mahomes would go off. So he's thinking, I gotta put the put the gas on the pedal, but at the same time, it if you run the ball, they have a very successful running game, and I think they should have been a little bit more trusting in that. Raheem Mostert had, you know, he went twelve for fifty eight, which is you know it's a pretty solid game. If you you put that to twenty attempts, he's probably well over hundred yards, and you know they have other running backs too. Like surprisingly, we didn't see Matt Breed at all in the postseason and he was one of their main guys last year and a couple of games this year Tevin Coleman only got five carries Debo Samuel actually had a he had a 32 yard run and then he finished with 53 rushing yards so you know they have a very their strength is their rushing and they kind of went away from what brought them to the dance and another thing I don't did I don't know if I just brought this up but a lot during the week Shanahan was talking about you know it's not Jimmy's fault we didn't uh, we ran the ball well in the NFC championship he tried to defend Jimmy a lot and deservedly so Jimmy Garoppolo had a, a really great season when you look at a team that 
had four wins last season, and they bring in, I mean, they four wins with, with Jimmy G going down early in the season, and then he comes in the next season and leads them to the Super Bowl. I mean, you got to give this guy a lot of credit. Jimmy Garoppolo had a great season, in my opinion. But I think maybe Shanahan was like, hey, I want to show these guys what I know and what I think Jimmy can do. And it might have been just trying a little too hard. Um, I agree with you on the run game, you know, stuff, because I, I think it goes back to the original point for me of he, he wanted to shut that game down. Like he, he wanted a clear victory over the Chiefs where they couldn't come back and they got away from what they wanted. I think they should have ran the ball, but it's easy to say that in hindsight. You know, if he, if Jimmy G, you know, completes that pass to Emmanuel Sanders, we're talking about this completely different right now. So, yeah, I, I, I don't have like severe issues with how Kyle Shanahan called the game, and I know that's that's probably a hot take right now, amongst all the um all the 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 Kyle Shanahan slander and the drop Jimmy G talk and all that stuff. So. Yeah, I I think he called a good game. Um, he tried to get a little too aggressive at the end, and it came back to bite him instead of succeeding like he he foresaw. So that that so happened. We didn't even we didn't even talk about that last drive in which they're down twenty four twenty. Well, I think it was their second to last drive because Jimmy. That's what I was thinking about before, where Jimmy throws an interception after they're down thirty one twenty, and the game's like effectively over. But you know. The game is on the line. It's 24-20, and they actually have a pretty solid drive. You know, they turned the ball over at the Kansas City 49, so they were well within striking range to win this game. And if we're going to say criticize Jimmy at all, I think it would have to be for that that third and 10 to Emmanuel Sanders yep. when Sanders outruns two guys, and Sanders is open. And it's a tough pass. You know, he's still throwing with two guys defending him, so he's got to be precise about where he places the ball. But, you know, he misses him by a couple of yards, and that's that would have been a touchdown. And, you know, who knows? Maybe Mahomes goes back down the field and Kansas City still wins, but it, you're looking at at least a 27-24 lead with if he's, you know, puts a couple of yards less on that, ball, on that deep throw. So it's crazy because, you know, some people uh, are – going as crazy to say that you know maybe the 49ers shouldn't even bring back Jimmy Garoppolo which I think is just a ridiculous point because if he makes that throw to Sanders we're talking about him as the MVP of the game and we're not even thinking about we're not even considering the fact that the Niners might not bring him back that we're considering the Niners extending him even though he just got signed his contract a couple years ago so I think Jimmy played well and that that miss in the fourth quarter and overall his performance in the fourth quarter really was not up to standard. But if we, let's finish off with just, uh, you know, we talk about the big players, talk about Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Damian Williams, all these guys, but let's try to think of some other guys who had some impact in this game, but you know, are going to go unnoticed. And a guy I thought, that played really well and is going to get no kind of you know recognition was Jimmy Ward for the 49ers. I thought that hit he laid on Mahomes early like really set the tone for what the Niners were trying to do. 
play fast and physical because he hits Mahomes so hard the ball goes flying out of bounds. Mahomes ran for a first down and then Jimmy Ward comes in and absolutely cracks Mahomes and the ball goes flying. Mahomes is down and I thought he, he finished with eight tackles. He has that forced fumble which didn't lead to recovery but I still think it's a great play nonetheless and I thought he really set the tone for the Niners and had a very solid game. So uh, are there any, there any guys that you thought that really stood out and maybe people aren't talking about as much? Well, we mentioned him a little bit, but he's a guy that nobody's going to mention when they think about this game, you know, like a year or two down the line. And that that's Debo Samuel. He really impressed me during this game. Like, you know, he, he was he was keeping the 49ers in this game, you know, getting that, you know, um, he was like putting a spark to some of these drives early in the game and like so and in the first half I thought he might have been in um Super Bowl MVP conversation if he kept up that pace I would have if there's one thing I would like to criticize Kyle Shanahan on I would have liked to see more Debo in the second half Mm -hmm. I think they had a really good thing going with him and he was getting a lot of the big chunk plays for them in the first half and they should have utilized him more so that's that's a rookie too. So think about the Niners are going to come back next year with Debo and Nick Boza coming into their second year, in addition to Jimmy G, Richard Sherman, all these guys. So don't hype the them Niners up so much. You gotta jinx it. Don't jinx I them. mean, look at all the talent they have on their team. They're in the Super Bowl for a reason. And one other guy I just want to bring up. I'm sorry to cut you off, but on Kansas City side, how about Sammy Watkins? Sammy Watkins finishes with 98 yards on five catches. And that big play, he beats Sherman, and, you know, I think that might have been a third down, too. So, Sammy Watkins, I thought, was really solid in this game. And, you know, there was talk about, he he said, like, you know, maybe, he, I think the quote was, like, I might just chill for a year. And it's just like, wow. I mean, that might I mean, be he's been thought. injured his whole career. I wouldn't blame uh-huh. him. Like, he's been banged up his whole career, so it's all right. And I think he's he's... Proven, I think, in this whole postseason run, he's had a very nice postseason run. He dominated in that game against the Titans, and you know, I don't think Kansas City will bring him back because I think they get they're looking at paying Mahomes, and you know, you got Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. You know, Sammy Watkins is just a luxury because I think Sammy Watkins goes to another team and he might be the number one receiver on some teams. You know, I'm thinking about my team, the Jets. Sammy Watkins could be the number one receiver if he went to the Jets. And there's a, a number of other teams. I think he could walk in and be the best receiver on the team. So I was a, very impressed with Sammy in this game. So finishing off, I mean, there's not really much else to say. Any final takes on this game? Um. Also, one thing we, we forgot, we, we didn't talk about the NFL commercial. So we're gonna talk about that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was I, I. thought that was like I thought last year when they did the, the commercial where they're all at like a dinner or something and they start fighting over the football. I thought that was an amazing commercial, and then they really topped it this year with that, that commercial that led into the kids running on the field and the kids. Just, imagine being a, a eight, nine, ten year old kid and being able to run on the field in the Super Bowl, like that. That was really that was a really fun moment. Yeah. It, it it was a really good commercial. I I can't think of any NFL commercial that that's better than that off the top of my head. And like like you said, the connection with the with them coming on to the Super Bowl, and like also all the different air, areas. I like the um, Mardi Gras p- 
part of it in New Orleans mm. with Drew Brees and Kamara. That was really cool. And yeah, so that that's a good How weird segment. is it going to be? How weird is it going to be next year not seeing NFL 100 all over the place? Yeah, it's it's kind of weird, especially like it, it was a really big thing this year, like it's going to be to the point where I I'm not going to remember football without being in the 100th season cuz they plastered that everywhere. And so it's just weird. At least now it feels weird. at least we don't have to deal with all the um controversy with the NFL 100 teams and who got snubbed and who didn't. That's something I won't miss. Oh, and uh, one more thing we could bring up of uh, Bill Belichick flexing the rings on live TV. <sighs> I mean, we don't we don't have to talk about that. There's I, nothing really. I mean, we could wrap about. we could wrap it up right now. Like, if you don't want to talk about Bills. You know, fire rings. It was listen. It was a it was a boss move. I mean, he earned the rings. He if anyone can flex them, it's him. And you know, it's the crazy part. He only had three of them on. He didn't even have all of them on. He was just, like that was just a light flex. He wasn't even going all out for that. Can you imagine if he just like the camera pulls on and he's just like you know he, he says like hold up to the camera. Imagine him and Brady next to each other. Both flexing the rings on live Yeah, TV. we could have done that, but like, what if he just put his rings on one by one in front of the camera and didn't let the camera cut to anybody else <laughs> until he was finished putting all six rings on? And six, I think he has like seven, actually. I think he, if you look at his, like, he was with the Giants when they yeah, won. I think yeah. he might have been with both of them, so he might have eight rings, I think. Yeah, actually. you're right. Um, nah, they, they told him, like, Bill, we only got enough time for three rings. <laughs> Make it quick. <laughs> So um, so now that the NFL season's over, you know, we're ready for the next, you know, the next uh, winter kind of sport. And that is the XFL. Wow. No spring training? Yes. No. Wow. We'll, we'll skip basketball and we'll skip baseball. We're, we're all in on the XFL. Listen, the New York Guardians, Matt McGloin, former Raider. Oh, I'm hyped. Man. I'm ready. I am. I'm. I, I'm definitely ready for some Matt McGloin action. You already know that. I don't think you've gone one podcast without bringing up a former Raider. I think if we go back and listen a- to every single podcast, you know, we'll find a former Raider mention. I, I, avo- I avoided talking about um, how Josh Jacobs got snubbed for Kyler Murray, but. Oh, see, we're going to have to save that for another episode. But uh, thank you guys for listening. Great, great Super Bowl, great NFL season. So we're probably going to focus more on some basketball and baseball stuff. Listen, if the XFL really gets up there, we'll we'll definitely talk about that a little bit. But definitely going to primarily focus on basketball and baseball going forward. Some NFL draft stuff as well. But thank you guys for listening and have a good one. Peace. She lost me $500.